Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Youngest is confident, but they hear the what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. So obviously for Sean and I, this is our favorite team preview of the season. Uh, obviously talking our beloved Chicago Bulls and the person who's done this all four off seasons since we started the show, we had to bring him back again. Co-host of the Cast Considerations podcast, now writing for places such as Forbes. And is this FanRag? Are you still a FanRag, Jason? Uh, no, sadly FanRag is dead. Uh, oh, Forbes, I did not know that. That's Chicago, uh, bloggable still. Yeah, you can find me all over the place, basically. <laughs> This is Mr. Jason Pat. Welcome back, and thanks again. Like We always appreciate having you every year for this. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. So let's jump right into this offseason, obviously, for the Bulls. It was a big one, starting with draft night. Um, thanks to the Phoenix Suns, you know, not knowing what to do on draft night. Kobe <laughs> White drops to the Bulls at 7. Um, and then the second round, they also get Daniel Gafford at 38, which uh, for some really looks like a big pick. So really, to start it off, it really looked like this was kind of like Building off of the draft with Markinen and getting Wendell Carter, um, it seems like Jason kind of seems like the Bulls, although at the seventh pick yet again, when we all thought the possibly the top four, obviously it seems like that was kind of the best pick. The, the best player that really a lot of people talk about drops in their lap for their situation. Uh, yeah, and basically, yeah, the, the first, I, I guess the Sun. you mentioned the Suns. I feel like nobody knows what the hell the Suns were doing. And no. uh, I know there was a point where people thought maybe the Bulls would get Jared Culver, and then there was... A lot of people were excited about that, and I think that was the Timberwolves traded up to six with the Suns, and they got Culver and said, leaving Kobe White for the Bulls. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, I feel like that was kind of the rumored pick. It was, I feel like it was like mocked right away when the Bulls dropped a seven that Kobe White would be a possible option there. And since he was on the board, and John Paxson made it, have made it a point all off season that they needed a point guard, natural pick. Um, I mean. I'm not going to say, like, I love the guy, that it's like a great pick. I thought it was a fine pick. It made sense. They did need a point guard. Uh, we watched him up and down in Summer League. Uh, he shot terribly, obviously. He was, like, 3 of 30 on three-pointers, which is, like, un- just terribly bad. That's that's just noise. That's Summer League stuff. We saw some of the good stuff as well, the uh, the speed and the transition, some of the open court stuff. Uh, I think he's probably going to be a project. He's, he only played one year in college. Uh, I don't think he's going to start right away. Uh, I'm not. I guess we'll, they have basically what what four or five point guards in the roster right now between him, Chris Dunn still around, Tomas Sadoransky, uh, Ryan Archdiakono they brought back. So we'll be just going to see how many minutes he gets. But yeah, I mean overall, totally fine pick, and hopefully he will turn into that quote unquote point guard of the future that they've been looking for forever now. It feels like. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, obviously yeah, from that, you know, they get the guy they wanted. In- Actually, let's backtrack a second because your co-host, Ricky O'Donnell, made a very interesting comment about Kobe White's stature on the depth chart that a lot of people are seem to be picking apart. God bless his mentions. <laughs> um, that he believes that current point guard of the team, former Villanova great Archie, Ryan Archie Diacono, is going to be higher than Kobe White on the depth chart. So how has the Ooh. fan reaction to the Cash Considerations pod been since that comment? Uh, I know, well, I know Ricky first bro- uh, dropped that hot take when he was on like the NBC pod. Uh, and I know, and they they like ex- exploded it because they put it on like a like a meme thing and put it out on Twitter, and that's when it got really <laughs> bad. 
uh, and then he just kind of re- re- reiterated that on our pod as well. Uh, it wasn't. I feel like the reaction wasn't as bad. Our reach isn't quite as far as like the NBC Bulls uh, Twitter account. But I mean, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, actually, I don't even know if it is that big of a hot take. The Bulls are going to want to win this year. I mean, I guess I would be surprised if Kobe, if Ryan Archiakano was getting more minutes than Kobe White. Oh, God bless Arch. I made fun of the dude coming into the league when they signed him. What was that two years ago? The fact that he's getting a second contract and getting a, a three-year deal out of it, he, and he was pretty dar- damn good last season. One of the few like cons- more consistent bright spots, I would say. I mean, overall, I, I feel like you would hope at least by the end of the season, Kobe White is playing way more than Archie Now, At the start, like I said, I don't think Kobe White's going to play that much to start. Like I know a lot of people probably want to see him get big minutes. Like I said, he's probably not going to start. I would, I'm guessing Saturday is going is to start. And like I said, how they divvy up those minutes between Dunn, Arch, Kobe White, uh, if they play Shaq Harrison at all, it'll be interesting to see. Jason, I've been listening to Catch Considerations as well very, very often, and uh, it's kind of been interesting to, like, hear you guys from, like, the beginning of last season to, to now, and I feel like... I feel like Ricky in particular is a little bit more optimistic yeah. because he's always that guy that I love to like really get into listening to when like I'm really down on the Bulls because he just he's just like that great bitter Bulls fan. But over the last like couple of months, what what's happened to Ricky? Yeah, he's a, he's C Red Ricky now. I think uh, yeah because obviously <laughs> last, last last season let's call it what it is it was a complete disaster. Jim Boylan was a joke. Ricky infamously <laughs> said that infamously said that Boylan should never coach another game, and that was after like week one, after the whole like mutiny thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I mean, obviously they showed some signs in February, or whatever. Their offense looked a lot better when they finally opened things up a bit. Uh, and then Boylan get, gets an extension, but with the free agency and doing well with, I know he liked the Kobe White pick as well. And then the stuff they did in free agency and the Bulls possibly looking to go in a new direction, and he's even like. I feel like he's even uh, kind of switched lanes on Boylan as well. He's thinks uh, Ricky thinks he's been a little more endearing. I'm still, I think we're still obviously jury's very still out on Jim Boylan. Yeah. He, he's got to prove a lot, but yeah, I mean, it, both of us in general like have have definitely been way more optimistic. I mean, this we did a, our last the pod we did last night and po- posted this morning. Whenever it's basically we were talking about SB, uh, Michael Pena at SB Nation wrote an article like basically talking about like the Bulls like the next like, hot young team in the East, and Ooh. we were talking about that, and, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we would fully go on with how optimistic this column was, but, like, we, in general, we have been very optimistic in the summer, and, I mean, it's just kind of nice. I mean, as as fun as it can be to to be snarky and just be mad at the Bulls all the time, be mad at Garpex, it also is nice to actually talk about good stuff because, ultimately, we want the Bulls to be good. Of course. Uh, so, like, it, it, it's been kind of weird just got, being more optimistic than... Uh, the last couple seasons. I mean, for a while, I feel like I haven't been optimistic about a season since I don't even know when. Even when they were good in like Tibbs's last year, like that year was still kind of miserable, and like yeah. the office year was miserable. As good as Jimmy was that year, and even with the, the Celtics the, winning the first two games, that was one of my least favorite Bulls seasons ever. Ever the three Alphas was just yeah, bad, it was horrible. Like I mean, like Jimmy was awesome, but just like the whole thing was just terrible. I hate Ray. I don't like Rondo at all, and it's like the rest of the team was so bad. So like. There just hasn't been a season where I've like gone in like feeling really like excited about a year, and I thought maybe last year was going to be that, but then Markin got hurt like right away, and it just went downhill from there. But this yeah. year, like, I've, there's I feel like there's reason to at least be somewhat excited about this Bulls team. 
how's Chris Dunn still on this team? I mean, we talked le- the last year when you were on this pod. I asked you, you know, your thoughts on Chris Dunn, and you said you weren't a fan. I'm not a fan, and now he's still on this team. It seems like we've got quite a few point guards now. So, it, I mean, and it sounds like they can't move him anywhere. They've tried multiple times to, to get rid of him, and he's still on this team. Do you think this is a year where, you know, his back's against the wall and he turns it around, or are we just going to see the same thing from him? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, like I said, I have not never really been a big fan of him, and certainly this past season didn't do anything to make me a fan either. I mean, he was arguably worse this season. He got hurt again, and his – Efficiency was bad again, and he had, like, a few big games when Levine... I mean, he just can't play with Levine. Whenever they, those two have been together, like, he just, like, kind of, like, goes in with Shell because he really can't play off the ball. Uh, why is he selling the team? Apparently nobody wants him. Uh, <laughs> they probably just haven't been able to get any good offers. I mean, it's been reported that they've that they've tried... They're trying to trade him, that they've looked at deals. There was a thing about how they were look, talking with the Grizzlies about it, bringing Justin Holiday back into, like, a sign-in trade and trading done there, but then they immediately went and signed Tyus Jones instead. So, I mean, at this point, Chris Dunn's probably going to be on the team. I'd be surprised if there's a trade now. Uh, I guess I don't hate Chris Dunn if he's playing, like, 15, 20 minutes a game and like a, as, like, the seventh or eighth man. I can live with Chris Dunn doing that. If he focuses on defense, he adds a little a little punch off the bench. Keep him away from playing with Levine. You, you, like I said, I feel like they're going to start Tomas Sadoransky. So, like, in a contract year, like, I feel like he's he's got a lot to prove. He's got he's got to get a lot. He's if he wants another contract or at least a decent contract, he's got to be good and, and embrace this role. Uh, I would assume pr- he probably won't last the season with the team. I would guess that they're able to trade him by the deadline. But for right now, it seems like he's going to start the season on the roster. Yeah, and you know, you're right. Chris Chris uh, Dunn isn't exactly the most ideal situation, but I'm with you on the 15 to 20 minutes. Considering we've seen Cameron Payne play 20 minutes, Isaiah Cannon, Jerry and Grant. Yeah, like that's probably the best situation for him. But I'm with you. I don't know how much long we expect to see him there. Um, let's dive into free agency a little bit because obviously this team really kind of checked a lot of boxes off in that scenario. Obviously, Thad Young was probably what looked like was target numero uno signed basically right after. Uh, the moratorium was open. And really interesting because Thad Young's been a starter majority of his NBA career, was traded for Karis LeVert, which is obviously something I always look back at as a crazy situation. Um, how much do you like this situation? For me, it was nice because it's the Bulls building that depth that we've wanted to have for a few years, but also it kind of seems like he's a decent two-way player, and the Bulls really haven't had a ton of that in a while either. Yeah, they, they they clearly targeted him right from the get go. They I mean they basically they probably tampered the hell out of things with him because <laughs> they basically reported that deal right when free agency opened. Uh, yeah, I mean they they clearly they targeted guys the veteran veteran guys to bring two way players, bring toughness, leadership, work ethic. The Pacers were just lauding all of that at like after it was announced that he was going to the Bulls. I think like the Pacers GM had a message on Twitter about it. And just, just, and it seems, and just some of the articles that have come out, just some of the quotes he's had, and he's talked about like rebuilding the Bulls' culture, and all that, and and that, that's what they really need. They they need that two-way play. They need a, they need a good veteran leader. Uh, Robin Lopez was kind of that before, but I mean Thad Young's a better player at this point. He had one of the best seasons of his career last year with the Pacers. Uh, just look at some of the, like the like not in terms of like overall numbers, but some of the advanced numbers. His effectiveness, just like I said, two-way play, and just as a, as a as your third big man behind Larry Markin and Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, at the price price that he that he got, 
Uh, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, and it was a really solid move for the Bulls. Not, certainly not a flashy move, nothing like that. If you're expecting the Bulls to get a star, they basically took themselves out of the running right away when they traded for Otto Porter Jr., but for a solid role player, a, th- a third big man behind two, their two young guys, I feel like it was a really solid move. So you mentioned Wendell Carter, who I love. I'm a huge fan of, obviously. Um, you know, The unbelievable ability he has as his passing center is something I'm looking forward to seeing get better and better. Um, obviously, there's the injury going in the training camp, which it seems like when you, the Bulls front office isn't excessively concerned about. What do you think his what, what do you think the next level is for him? Obviously, taking that step from his rookie year, he missed a lot of his rookie year. What do you expect to see from him in year two, now kind of having a year to get healthy and having a little extra time? Yeah, I, t- I totally forgot about that injury. When we, were t- we were talking about him on the pod yesterday and talking about some of this kind of stuff. I totally forgot he had that injury, of course. But uh, uh, he, did, he just gave an interview recently, and that was what we were talking about. Just kind of, he was, And he was especially talking about his offensive game because I think we all know like, he could be a possible defensive anchor. He showed some nice things. He even said that in this interview uh, that, yeah, I like to win defensively, but I would like to do more offensively. I'd like to be more aggressive because he deferred too much. And I feel like they just didn't really use him. I mean – Use him that great because he clearly is very skilled. He, he didn't shoot well. He didn't shoot that much from the outside. We know him as a passer as well. So it would be really nice just to really just kind of let him let that skill set blossom. Use him in the high post and take advantage of that passing and let him, let him fire away from three-point land. So hopefully this injury isn't something too bad. I know I think they said that it was something that was kind of bothering him going back to, like, high school. And that now they just finally they had to take care of it and get and and get it finally fixed. So hopefully he comes back and he's ready for camp. He can go through a full camp. And like I said, hopefully they just kind of take the shackles off him or something and just let him and let him kind of free, let him fly free and let him use that skill set because he's a very versatile player. Uh, the Bulls are going to open up their offense, run a bit. And if they're going to push the ball, shoot more threes, let him, let him do that. We, a lot of the, the uh, comparisons have been about kind of L Horford, if, and we've seen Al Horford when he was at the Celtics. Just I think he was averaged like four or five assists a game. He would shoot three pointers. Uh, if he can do stuff like that, he's obviously if he ever gets to Al Horford's level, that'd be amazing. Yes. Even if he could just kind of do similar things in terms of just that versatile stuff on offense and defense, that would be great. I don't know if we're gonna I don't know if we're gonna, we're gonna see him be like really really good this in his second season, but if we can see steps towards that direction, that'd be great. Jason, going back to Otto Porter, he was traded midseason last year uh, from the Washington Wizards for Jabari Parker and Portis, and Jabari Parker obviously wasn't getting it done for Chicago. It's kind of crazy to think he got that ridiculous one-year contract there <laughs> last year, um, but uh, they got rid of Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis, of course, ends up going out to <laughs> New York in one of those weird, we have too many power forwards yep. moves, um, but uh, they get Otto Porter. He plays 15 games for the Bulls last year, plays very well. Um, how do you feel the Bulls are going to use him this year? He's going to go into his first like full season with this team. How do you, how do you think he's going to mesh with this club? Yeah, I think he's just, he's super important. I mean, I feel like he showed how important he was when he came over. That's when they started playing better. Uh, just having that steady presence there to stabilize both ends of the court. I, I don't, he wasn't that great defensively. I know he was, I think, still kind of dealing with a nagging injury as well. But if he's fully healthy and he can be that 3 and D guy, I mean, he was really, really good a few years ago with the Wizards when the Wizards were still good and not a complete mess that they are right now. Uh, I mean, 40%-ish three-point shooter. 
Uh, he showed a bit more off the dribble than I was expecting last year. Like I said, I'm not don't really expect him to be a guy who's going out and get you getting you a ton of points and being like a go-to guy. He showed some of it at times though. So if he, I mean, occasionally as like a secondary ball handler guy, you can do some pick and roll stuff. But in terms of just spacing the floor, it's just a stabilizing presence who can hit threes at a really consistent rate. And if you could improve that defense a bit and get it back to levels that it was at before. I mean, I feel like it's just a really important piece to have there. Like I said, he just his presence alone, I feel like helped helped open up the team, open up the offense when he came last year. And I feel like he's just a really, really solid player. Like, is he worth like whatever the 26, 27 million? I don't know. But in terms of like all the advanced numbers, like are he's arguably the Bulls' best player, one of the most effective yeah. players. So like, I yeah, agree. Just really, just really important player to have. And if hopefully he stays healthy, because. Behind him is uh, not so good, so they feel like they really need they really need him to be good, and they really need him to be healthy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, for some reason I don't know why. I, like when he got traded to the team, I just started kind of thinking about like years ago when the team traded for John Salmons and oh, how yeah. uh, and how like out of nowhere he came and he became and Luol Ding was out injured for the year and he like really stepped up and I think getting a good you know small forward on the team especially someone who's defensive minded who's been there for a while who's actually gotten a little bit better each year he's played I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with the rest of the team but what does that mean for the Bulls you know Somewhat, I guess, star player Zach Levine. Does this cut into his his uh, you know port production? Like, I, I'm not completely sold on Zach Levine being the best player on a team right now. Yeah, I'm not sold on that either. I feel like I'm a little higher on Levine than maybe others, at least because I feel like it, when you look at like I guess relative to like winning, playing winning basketball, we've never sure. seen Zach be on a good team. Like he gets a, he puts up nice numbers. He put yeah. up really nice numbers last year. The Bulls are obviously terrible, and he I mean he's bad defensively. We know we know all that, but I feel like he legitimately improved. He was he wasn't just like chucking and like putting up huge numbers while being just like inefficient. He did have I think like a 56, 57, something like that true shooting percentage, which is really good given the usage and some of the talent around him for a lot of the season. Uh, I feel like he got better as a playmaker. He still his decision making still is questionable. Yeah. Sometimes he forces stuff, especially in crunch time, just forcing up a lot of crap. I mean, we saw him hit a bunch of clutch shots, but. In terms of like actually winning consistently, I don't know if that's really he's really the guy there. But I mean, he's still a really good offensive player. Um, I mean, I guess when Porter came last year was when Zach started playing the best basketball of his career. I mean, that February last, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Zach was absolutely him and Lowry were both incredible in February. So I I feel like Otto only helps him because again, Otto's not a guy who like needs to have the ball in his hands a lot. So Otto can be effective playing off the ball, and Zach can do his thing on the ball. And, Otto can help space the floor, clear clear stuff out for Levine. I feel like Otto can only help Levine get better. And Levine's talked about improving his defense. I feel like he talks about that every single yeah. year. Uh, I mean, I'll have to see it to believe it. And, like, can he be whatever? Can he be a number one guy in a title team? I would guess no. I mean, he's been in the league <laughs> five or six time, years at this point. But at this point, also, his contract is not that bad. $19, 20000000 million a year for a really good offense player, at least. Maybe a number two, number three option on a good team, like, that contract is, is totally fine at this point. It just, I guess it's the matter of whether Lowry turns into a superstar or if they're able to acquire a superstar in some other fashion. I think the best Zach Levine moment last year might have been that Sixers game when he did a post-game interview and it turned out the game wasn't actually over. Yes. <laughs> that was like, that was, that was great. That was excellent. Um, let's kind of touch on a few things outside the Bulls because kind of talk particularly. So actually, Jason, Chicago this year is the host of the, 20, uh, the NBA All-Star game. Um, how cool is that for the city? Are you going to be doing anything, hanging out for any, for any of that stuff? 
uh, it is cool. I am not totally sure, but I will probably look into that. I've never really done like an all the all star thing, and since it's here, I'll probably try to look into doing something and just be to be a part of all that. Whether it's I, I hope Zach like does the dunk contest again. I know yeah. he didn't do it last year. I would assume since it's in Chicago that he'll probably try to put on a show for the fans, and maybe he'll be in the game itself this year. Maybe like I wouldn't put it past him. We were just talking about Zach Levine and what t- type of ceiling he has. Like in the Eastern, I guess the Eastern Conference is better than it was a year, a couple of years ago. But I mean, if he puts up big numbers and the Bulls are around the playoff hunt, like he could absolutely be a possible all-star this year. And I mean, maybe Lowry Markin takes the step and becomes all-star caliber as well. So it should be really cool. Like I said, hopefully he's got a, a guy or two from the Bulls, whether it's Zach Lowry, both of them are, are participating in the weekend or even, and there's obviously the skills challenge as well. And, or the, the rookie sophomore stuff and all that fun stuff. So hopefully we get a few bulls in, in these activities. Yeah, I'll tell you. So I, we live in Cincinnati. Um, we had the Major League Baseball all game a few years ago, and it was awesome, man. I had a blast with it. That was the Todd Frazier home run derby. Oh, yeah. It was so cool, man. It was awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's really going to be a neat experience. Um, obviously, the idea for these shows is to kind of talk about the divisions. We'll have multiple people that cover the Central Division on here. So I want to kind of get your thoughts on the division as a whole now. Um, obviously, the Pacers, you know, did a, made a lot of moves, getting guys like T.J. Warren, like Malcolm Brogdon. The Bucks lost some guys, but obviously, you know, bringing in a guy like Robin Lopez to back up his brother. Um, overall, how do you feel about the Central Division now, from where we were at the end of the, at the end of the season? Um, the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks should be great again. Giannis right. is obviously awesome. They bring back Middleton. They bring back Blood. So losing Brogdon is tough. They have added some other nice parts with they bring getting Rolo, so that'll be a lot of fun. Wesley Matthews, uh, Kyle Korver, uh, and they brought in Giannis, one of Giannis's brothers as well. They, were they looking forward to twenty twenty one? I mean, they sh- they should probably win fifty five ish games again. Everything came together for them last year, and then they kind of blew it in the, the Eastern Conference Finals. But at least in terms of regular season, they should be great again. They should be one of the title, top title favorites. The Pacers will be interesting because Brogdon's a really nice addition. We'll see what happens with Oladipo. I mean, that, he, really nasty injury. If he comes back and he's good, I mean, I mean they should. I mean, they should be a playoff team. I mean, Brogdon, Brogdon will be, uh, should be able to help hold them over. I know they lost Bogdanovich as well. You mentioned they added T.J. Warren. Warren. I mean, Miles Turner's a really nice player. Uh, I can't remember what other they got. They had Justin Holiday. That's right. I mean, so they should be pretty good. But I feel, I feel like them kind of depends on how Oladipo comes back, when he comes back, and if he's able to get back to form. Um, if you look at the Pistons, I mean, Blake Griffin is awesome. Just had a career year. I know he's come, he just had he had an injury as well. Uh, Drummond's really good. So obviously, that front court's really good. I don't really know how much better they got. And they, and they have Derrick Rose now. I keep forgetting that Derrick Rose that is on is the weird. Pistons. So that's going to be super weird. I, I mean, I feel like the Pistons are. As long as Blake and Drummond are healthy, I feel like they'll probably be similar to what they were last year. So, like, fringe-ish playoff team, low 40s wins. If any of those guys get hurt, they're probably in trouble. Um, I mean, we know Blake's been hurt a decent amount. Derrick Rose gets hurt all the time. Reggie Jackson's not really any good. So, I mean, they'll probably be just, like, mediocre or whatever. I mean, the Cavs should be terrible. They'll probably be awful again. They're yes. going to be pro- They were one of the worst defensive teams in, the, like, history last year. There's really no reason to expect that to get that much better. They're going to try their... They have John Beeline, which is kind of fun. They, they're they going to try their uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt. We'll see what they do with Kevin Love. So, I mean, I feel like the Bulls and the Pistons probably will be maybe battling. I feel like we we uh, on catch considerations, we've kind of looked at, like, the East and, like, the tiers. Uh, the, and obviously, the Bucks should be towards the top of the East. The Pacers may be a mid- to lower-seeded team in the East. 
And then the pace, and then I mean the Pistons and Bulls maybe in that fight, like them, like the Magic, uh, maybe the Hawks if they take a step forward will be maybe some of those teams fighting for uh, maybe one of the last playoff spots if the thing, if things go right for the Bulls. So Jason, if you were a betting man today, what what do you think the the possibility of the Bulls actually getting back to the playoffs this year? I would not bet on them making the playoffs. I would bet on them to go over their win totals that they're at right now. They've they started kind of low and they've been coming up lately. Uh, I know like Caesars Palace has them like thirty one and a half. Westgate just came out and they were at thirty three and a half, which I think I'd still go over that as well. I think right now I'm thinking the Bulls get thirty five, thirty seven, some somewhere on there, mid to high thirties and wins. Most likely that will fall just short. Could I see them making the playoffs? I do see I do see that possibility. There's a, there's a realm of possibility they can get in. Would I bet on that right now? No. But, uh, I mean, like I said, I think the air is pointing in the right direction, and I think they could make the playoffs. Hopefully uh, they just don't have another disaster like last year. Just, I don't want to go through just another just miserable season. If they can win 35, 37 games, play fun basketball, and take a clear step forward, I would be totally happy with next season. I would also be happy with that. I, I feel like, Same. especially towards the, the last part of the season last year, I mean, you knew they weren't going to do anything, and, you know, players kept getting hurt, and then, of course, Laurie got hurt before the season, and it was just, yes, last season was just a mess. It was one of my least favorite so bull seasons <laughs> ever, and I was I was sitting there thinking back to, like, my favorite bull seasons, and, you know, of course, you know, some of the Jordan years and everything, but, like, most recently, I was like, man, I think, like, the last, like, really fun bull season for me was the Nate Robinson year, when yep. they, when they, when they beat uh, the Brooklyn Nets in the, in the playoffs, and, and now I'm just... It just seems like that was so, so far, you know, away from, from where they're at right now. So I'm looking forward to that. So um, with all of our, our, our teams, we ask this every year. So if you had a if you had a bold prediction for this Chicago Bulls team, what what would it be this year? Well, I guess it can't be going to the playoffs because I just said they're not going to go to the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, you can't, you can't backtrack on yeah, that I now. Can't, I can't do that. Uh, I guess I'll say that they – I don't want to say two all stars. I, I, I saying Ooh. that they have one, they get an all star. Is that is that a bold, even a bold prediction? Like, yeah, I, yeah, it okay, is. Okay, they will have at least one all star this year. Okay, I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Who it is? Like, it's, it, I feel like it's either Zach or Lowry. Uh, I feel like Zach might be a better chance just because I feel like he'll have the scoring numbers probably. But I feel like it could be either one. And I would, I guess, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they get two if they're at least decent and in the hunt, just because uh, they're hosting. It, yeah, I mean, they're hosting. <laughs> like maybe the fans, the fans might come out. I know it's not based totally on fan voting. It's there's other stuff as well. Uh, yeah, I th- they're gonna get at least one. I'll say that. Fair enough. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks for doing this, man. I know we ran a little over the time we had requested with you, so oh, we no always worries. appreciate you having me on. Um, before we let you go, obviously. Plug cash considerations, plug all your writing again, plug your social media. As always, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. As you mentioned, Cash Considerations podcast, me and Ricky O'Donnell, we do it every week. We talk about the Bulls. Uh, we just had an episode come out uh, over overnight. Uh, it was, as I mentioned, we talked about just kind of like, are the Bulls one of the next teams? We talked about Anthony Davis and all that nonsense when he talked about possibly <laughs> coming to the Bulls in the future. Obviously, just a pipe dream. Uh, and you could all, I, so my writing, uh, Forbes, I wrote a quick thing. I hadn't tweeted it out yet, but a quick thing about the Anthony Davis stuff as well. Again, pipe dream, but kind of at this point in the off season, that's kind of fun to talk about stuff. Uh, bet Chicago. I recently wrote a thing about those Westgate odds, 33 and a half. So I do stuff there. 
Uh, still do stuff at Bloggable, and then also I edit stuff at Clutch Points. Uh, I don't really write stuff really write stuff there, but all my other bull stuff at those other places. Clutch Points, though, check them out as well. Do just NBA wide, NFL, MLB stuff as well. Uh, good stuff there. So yeah, I'm I'm all over the place. And again, Twitter, Bulls underscore J, and Cash Considerations. Please listen to us, rate and review us, and all that fun stuff. And thanks for having me on again, guys. Of course. So this has been the Bulls Preview with Jason Pat. Everyone have a good night.